As you came through this world, you came as the victor. You overcame Satan, hell, and death. And you sit in absolute victory upon the throne by the right hand of the Father. You call us to come into this same victory. And so we ask that you would give us thy spirit. The indwelling spirit who overcomes the world. And of faith which overcomes the world. We thank you for your precious word as our foundation of truth. As we study your word of God today, call us into your battle where the victory is secure. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I am uh, continuing on uh, in this matter of the spiritual battle. Our theme verse is John chapter 10 and verse 10. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. But the Lord also says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we see even in this theme verse that there is a conflict there. And it is a spiritual battle for life. I uh, felt this burden actually to share with the uh, brothers and sisters in Manhattan. There has come to pass in our world a generation of young people who don't have much spiritual strength. When we sing a hymn as uh, written by our dear Margaret Barber and we see how strong she was in her faithfulness, uh, it presents quite a contrast to so much of what we see today. At various times in my life, I have had some injuries and have had to go for physical therapy. Have you ever been to a physical therapist? Well, every time I go, they work on my knee or whatever the problem is. But they always work on my core. Did you know you have a core? Well, I knew an apple had a core, but I didn't know I had one. But these PT people say, if you have a strong core, it helps you in your life. It helps in your strength, it helps in your balance, it helps when you walk, it helps when you run. I still haven't found my core somewhere around my belly. Christian brothers and sisters need a spiritual core. You see, when we have a strong inner core, spirit and soul, then we can win the spiritual conflicts that we go through in this life. 
But brothers and sisters, this present generation coming into adulthood, they lack this core. It's what Paul calls my confidence in Christ. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but our young generation is going through psychological problems. They're really suffering from anxiety, questionings, fear. And they seem to lack this central core of confidence in the life of Christ. Now, for us, from the Word of God, we must understand there's a mystery here. How do we get strong in our core? How are we strengthened by the Spirit in the inner man? It's through spiritual battle. Spiritual battle is good for us. It's what makes us strong. Now I when I went through school, I played a number of different sports. Uh, you can imagine looking at me and I, I was a football player. And the coach, maybe there was a tackle machine that I had to run into it, run into it, run into it in order to make me strong as a tackle. And so we find in the Word of God that we have a spiritual battle that ends up strengthening us and making us overcomers. As we come into the last days, it's a very exciting time. But there's a lot of spiritual conflict. And thus, there should be stronger Christians. Made strong by the grace of God and the life of Christ within. And so, I hope you're not one of those who hates conflict, who hates battles, because these are good for us. Now, I'm not telling husbands to fight with their wives. But we're talking about something that Paul calls the good fight. And actually the word is not good. In the Greek the word is it's a noble fight. You know, Paul was a very powerful apostle. But he was discipling young Timothy. Uh and so he spoke to Timothy often about this good fight. So we want to begin today by looking at various passages in first and second Timothy. And they speak about the good fight. If you turn to First Timothy chapter one, we'll read verses eighteen and nineteen. This command I entrust to you, 
that by them you might fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. 将这命令交托你，叫你因此可以打那美好的仗，长存信心和无愧的良心。有人丢弃良心，就在真道上如同船破坏了一般。大家可以在这个打那美好仗下面划线。Then when we come to the end of Timothy chapter six and verse twelve，我们到提摩太前书第六章第十呃十二节。Once again he says to Timothy, fight. The good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses.然后在第十二节，你要为真道打那美好的仗，持定永生。你为此被招，也在许多见证人面前已经做了那美好的见证。Now Paul uses another word when he speaks about fighting. To fight is to be on the offense. Uh, to be on the offense, to attack. But he uses another word, guard, which is another fighting word that means defensively, protect yourself. Now here we find this twice. In First Timothy and Second Timothy, First First Timothy chapter six verses twenty and twenty-one. Now you notice there, O Timothy, guard, guard is the word. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Then if we turn to Second Timothy, and chapter 1, verse 14. Once again we see the word, Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, that good deposit which has been entrusted to you. So Paul is talking about when you're boxing, you got the punch, that's the fight. But when you're boxing, why don't you just punch like this? Because the other hand, you use to guard yourself. So you can see I'm left-handed because I'm guarding with my right, I'm punching with my left. While we're fighting, we also have to guard. And then Paul, as he knew he was about to die, once again mentions these things in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Now, from the time we became Christians, we entered into a spiritual warfare. And it's not because we're some great people. 
Satan is a powerful force. He hardly even knows who we are. But Satan's battle until the end is always with Jesus Christ. And when you become one of the Lord's people, then he begins to fight you. But he knows he's lost the battle. But he still fights. Even though he's lost. I wonder if you remember our brother Christian Chen talking about D-Day. I love his examples. So you know this last week there was D-Day celebrated. Remember. Now, if anybody doesn't know, on June 6, 1944, the troops of Britain and U.S. and Australia, they all uh, came to the beach of France and began the raid to defeat Germany. Uh, uh, so this is what we call World War II. Hmm? Now according to our brother Christian Chen, uh, Jesus was the man who hit the beach and then the victory was secure. Uh, as soon as the Allied forces landed on the beach, Germany was defeated. As soon as Jesus came into this world and died on the cross, Satan was defeated. But even though on D-Day the troops, the Americans and other troops landed in France, it took another year to finish the war. And so on this earth, Jesus has come and won the victory, but now we are left here to put Satan under his feet. Uh, and so we have to engage in very minor spiritual battle compared to what the Lord Jesus went through for us. So last time I shared about two areas of spiritual battle, uh, the reasons for our spiritual battle. And it's important that we realize these things. One reason we're in spiritual battle is we live in two worlds. We live in Christ Jesus, in the new creation. It has a touch of heaven in this life we live. But we still also live in this world. And that's where Satan can try to get to us as we're living in this world and also in Christ. And last time I shared, we spoke about the three areas that we find spiritual conflict mentioned especially in the New Testament. Now in Second Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is talking about an inward spiritual battle that we have to go through ourselves. He says, the weapons of our warfare 
are not outward of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Now, did you know that you have a fortress in your life? Now, you're a Christian. But if you've ever traveled in Europe, you come to these places where suddenly there's an old castle up on a hill. And you and I have old castles, fortresses in our mind. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, Paul defines what those fortresses are. We are destroying speculations and every proud thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive. To Christ. So, we've got some fortresses of wrong thinking. Things that are not the will of God. Paul says, those are the things we are in spiritual battle to tear down those fortresses to break down those barriers until we're completely Christ's. This is our personal inward struggle which we're actually emphasizing in this time. So, can you just imagine the spiritual battle that Job had to go through as he was here upon this earth with all of these physical problems. Now he didn't know that his physical problems was because Satan wanted to uh, break him down. He was just suffering. And so in his mind, he wrestled, why, why, what's going on? But even though he wrestled with his mind, still he said, even if I, the Lord slays me and kills me, I will still trust him. And so God said to him, You have won the battle. You see, we have these battles which God wants to get us the victory in Christ. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, you all know this whole passage about spiritual warfare. In verse 10, Paul begins a section on spiritual warfare where he says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, those of you who know Ephesians in the book, you know that this context is not personal. This context is corporate. It's just like the Jews in the Old Testament. God loved the Jews and the Jews loved God. But people hated the Jews. Just because they belong to God. Even though they wanted peace, yet the enemies, the, the Philistines, always coming attacking the Jews. Because they were God's people. Now the same is true for the church. Every time we gather, 
There's a spiritual battle. Some of you want a battle even just to come here. You know, you got a flat tire, or the children wouldn't get dressed, or whatever the problem may be. But for us to be the church triumphant, we have to put on the full armor of Christ and stand against the schemes of the devil. 但是我们要作为一个得胜的教会，我们要穿戴，就要穿戴神所赐的全副军装，能够抵挡魔鬼的诡计。And we know the third place in Revelation chapter twelve, another battle we see up in the heaven.我们知道第三个地方在启示录十二章，我们看见在天上有属灵的征战。And we see a battle in chapter twelve, and we see that the devil, the dragon, hates the church. 我们也看到了，在那里看到那个龙，就是撒旦，他恨恶教会。But there's a battle in heaven.在天上有个征战。And Satan is thrown down.然后撒旦就扔被扔下了。And the Bible says rejoice because now the kingdom of God can come down to earth.啊，天上讲到说啊，你们要欢喜，因为神的国度要来到地上。Now this is bigger than the church. This is a cosmic conflict. Now Jesus Christ will be able to reign in love across the whole earth. Now we know that the reason that the Satan was thrown down partly is because Michael and the angels fought against him and threw him down. 我们知道撒旦和属他的被摔下来，是因为天使米迦勒和使者与争龙征战。But guess what? 大家知道吗？Brothers and sisters, you had a part in this victory too. 弟兄姊妹们，你在这个征战当中也是有一份的。Because verse eleven says, and they overcame him. Now that's not the angels that overcame the devil. That's the Christians that overcame the devil. 十一节这里讲到说，弟兄胜过他。这里弟兄不是讲到那些天使，而是讲到弟兄姊妹们。They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. 十一节弟兄胜过他，是因羔羊的血和自己所见证的道。他们虽至于死，也不爱惜性命。So we see this warfare going on, even in the heavens in the last days. 所以我们看到在末世，哪怕在天上，也有这样一个属灵的征战。so we're in a spiritual battle because we're living in this world, but the Lord wants us to be in this world, but not of the world. So this involves many spiritual battles. But we said last time that the battle is deeper than just being in two worlds. It's also that we are given the right to stand on resurrection ground as Christians. Jesus has come to give us abundant life. We stand on resurrection ground where we never die again. Jesus said, well, even if you die, you still don't die. Because you're standing on my resurrection ground. I died, and I came alive, and I never will die again. So that's our inheritance, resurrection life. But the devil likes to steal that resurrection life away from us. 但是魔鬼他就常常想要偷窃我们的，从我们身上偷窃这复活的生命。And there's two weapons that the devil uses. 啊，这个魔鬼常常用两个武器。Actually, he has many devices. 他有很多的器器械。But what are his two main devices? 他主要两攻击的两个方面是什么呢？ Well, Jesus says he's the father of liars. He'll lie to you about everything. Even when Eve was in the Garden of Eden, Satan said, Did God really say if you eat from that tree you're going to die? Will you really die? 
And Eve began to doubt. Maybe God doesn't really mean what he said. So you know, we're always tempted to doubt the word of God. Because Eve is our mother. All of us now say, hmm, I wonder if God really means that. Now, Eve didn't have a beard like me. We'll see how he does that a little bit. But the other thing he uses on our Christian life is this. The shadow of death. So you open your Bible six o'clock in the morning, you want to have your devil. Now maybe you're a student in university. You've been reading your chemistry book for five hours. But now you open the Bible to read. How, how did you fall asleep so quick? How many of you wake up from your devo, your head is in your Bible? Now probably you're praying very deep. So we come to a meeting say, we're going to come together, praise the Lord, and sing hymns. But we come to the meeting and it's kind of dead. The shadow of death comes upon us. We're not seeking good songs and our little prayers are like beep, 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 beep. No, no really good prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but how many times when we want to be spiritually alive, do we feel some kind of death? As I said last week, most of our small symptoms of feeling a little ill come just before prayer meeting time. Oh, it's time for prayer me. Five minutes eight. Oh, I feel a headache coming on. Oh, now the the devil does this to everybody. These are the kinds of ways he fights. But now today we want to talk about this fight, the good fight of faith. Because, brothers and sisters, the Lord wants you to be strong in your core of Christ. But like Timothy, we have to learn how to fight good fights. We're not talking bad fights. Fight the good fight. So, First Timothy chapter six verse twelve is a very precious verse. Because in a broad outline, it tells us what to do. Now you see, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Now that's the first thing we're going to talk about, the fight for our faith. Now how does Paul tell Timothy to fight that fight? Now take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. What does that mean? By faith. Stand on your resurrection ground. By faith, you say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. By faith, you say, 
I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. 靠着信心，你可以宣告说：“我活着，但如今活的却不再是我，而是基督在我里面活。”So when we accepted our Lord Jesus, we received eternal life, right?当我们接受主耶稣的时候，我们接受了得到了永生。Everybody received eternal life.我们每个人都接受了得到了这永生。So now why does Paul say now you must take hold of this eternal life?但保罗为什么说你要持定永生呢？I see you and I, we must. Take hold of these things by faith and live in this kind of faith. We cannot overcome if we don't have faith. Faith overcomes the world. Jesus says, if you, he who overcomes, I will make to sit in my throne, as I overcame, and sit in the Father's throne.耶稣曾经告诉我们，啊，那些得胜的，我就让他能够坐在我的宝座上，如同我已经得胜，坐在父的宝座上。So throughout this letter of Paul's, he talks about fighting the good fight of faith.在保罗这封书信当中，他就一直讲到说那为真道打那美好的仗。in, the, in these two short letters, he uses the word faith 25 times. Of course, by grace we are saved through faith. As John 3.16 says, He who believes into me has everlasting life. Praise God for that everlasting life we have. But now Paul tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. Now, how do we do that? You see, in this world, we're used to walking by sight. But faith has awakened our heart. What is faith? We get some kind of a definition in Romans chapter 10. Paul says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So you see, faith is not something in the mind. Faith is something in the heart. So with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made of salvation. So we are to live now by this faith. The Lord speaks things to our heart, and we obey. Faith without works is dead. So if we're to walk by faith, we have to listen to the Lord and obey what He says. Who is the father of faith in the Bible? Abraham. Hey, where is Abraham? He must be out in the Ur of Chaldees. Abraham heard something in his heart. God said, Leave Babylon and go where I tell you. Now, how do we know he believed? He believed in his heart and he walked out of Babylon and went to the Promised Land. And then God said, Abraham, you're going to have a kid. Hey, 
But now God stopped him and said, No, 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 don't do that. But you're listening to me in your heart. You're doing what I said. So you are my son. You are a friend of God. See how important faith is, huh? But there's a battle, a good fight to keep faith. Keep faith. Now, this world is not a believing world. They don't hear what God's saying in their heart. Jesus spoke of the world he lived in back in those days in Jerusalem. And he called them an unbelieving and twisted generation. They didn't believe in God. Oh, everybody believes in God. There's, there's a difference between believing with the heart and believing with the mind. If you believe with your mind, it doesn't mean anything. The devil believes with his mind. So, if you go on the subway, two dollars and seventy-five cents gets you on the subway with your faith. It means nothing. Mind faith is nothing. How many times you hear people say, Oh yeah, oh I believe in God, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, oh yeah, I believe in miracles, oh yeah, I believe in resurrection, oh yeah, I believe in everything. And you say, well, are you willing to take a step? Oh no, 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 I'm ready. Oh, do you really believe Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, be baptized. Oh, no, no, no. no. So you see, it's easy to say, I believe, I believe, I believe. And sometimes it's tricky. You know why? So you understand there's a difference I'm making between faith and beliefs. Now, when I was growing up as a young boy, I went to a church, I won't tell you what kind. And every week, they repeated the Apostles' Creed. You know what that is? It's a list of things Christians should believe in. I believe in God the Father, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, etc., etc. But there I was, a 12 year old boy, just a bad sinner. But I would say, I believe in God the Father, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ. Blah 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 blah. But I didn't have faith in God. Until I met Jesus in my heart. And that changed everything, you 
what wonderful thing happens when you believe in the heart. But the world continues to say, no, no, that's no good. No, with your Christian faith is no good. So our poor kids go up to grow up in school and they take a religion course every day. Oh, it's called the science religion. This is how the world is made. These are how people came out of the apes. And this is how everything goes. And you've got to believe that. There are some people here who are scientists. Science is a wonderful thing. Pure science discovers all kinds of things. Yeah. But when we had the pandemic, they discovered this, I don't know how well it worked, but they found something. Science is wonderful. Discovering all this stuff. But the religion of science doesn't agree with Christian faith. And of course, the devil lies to you all the time. As I said, he lies to you. Why? He lies to you in order to make you feel condemned. See, a Christian just found out that they're a sinner, but that Jesus saved them by his grace. Then the devil comes along and says, Hey, you, you're still a sinner. You're no good. God doesn't love you. He loves your wife, not you. <laughs> and suddenly, I, oh, I don't know. And then, of course, even as a Christian, you still sin. From condemnation, you begin to doubt God and His Word. And then the devil says, Now here's what you should do. It's very important that you be proud. Be proud of something. Be proud that you're short, or be proud that you're fat, or be proud that you're dumb, but be proud. Because if you're proud, you are playing in the devil's playground. Oh, the devil loves proud people. Because he's very proud. And so he teaches us how to be proud. He teaches us how to sin. And so, you see, we have to fight the good fight for faith. Now, let's go back and look at what it says in 1 Timothy, verses 1, 18 and 19. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 18. Now, Paul is talking to Timothy. And he says, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son. In accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you might fight the good fight, keeping faith. Now Timothy was a young Christian man. He knew the word of God. 
他知道神的话。And he must have had some gift to teach and preach. 他也是有一些恩赐能够做教导和传道。And so it says, some prophecies were made over him. 这里所以保罗提到从前指认你的预言。The elders of the church prayed over him and said, Timothy, the Lord is calling you to preach the gospel or to teach the word of God, whatever the gift was. 所以教会的长老就指带着提摩太对着提摩太来祷告说神给你这样的恩赐让你可以传道或者是做见证无论这样的恩赐是如何。But now Timothy, don't doubt your calling and ministry. 提摩太你自己不要怀疑你的呼召和你的服饰。So fight the good fight, keeping your faith. 所以要打那美好的仗，长存信心。You know, it's such a blessing to know somebody who's walking by faith. 啊，大家知道吗？啊，你如果认识一些靠着信心而生活的人，这是何等美好的一件事。It's such an inspiration. 对我们是何等的一个激励。When you see somebody who really has faith. 你看到有些人他真的有信心。as you know, I went to Bible school, uh, became a minister in a church, a missionary actually. But actually, I had a problem with faith. I had a problem with faith because when I went to the seminary, the Bible school I went to, 我有一个信心方面的问题,就是我去神学院的时候, they didn't believe in all of the Bible. 他们不相信全本的圣经。It was a liberal school. 那是一个自由派的神学院。So when I left seminary, I had so many doubts about parts of the scripture. 当我离开神学院的时候,我对圣经很多的部分都有疑惑。Now at the same time, I had to preach three times a week in this church. So, you know, I, I preached whatever I could. I preached simple things. And I was a pastor for less than one year when I came to the first crisis. One Sunday morning, I looked at my sermon notes. And I saw it was rubbish. I didn't think I believed what I was going to say. I still remember I was in the church office and I began to cry. Because the professors at seminary told me things weren't true. And the Bible said it is true. I didn't know what to do. So I got down on my knees and I prayed to God. I said, God, I think I should resign from my ministry because I have so many doubts. Uh, and I waited a few minutes feeling very discouraged. But then I heard a voice in my heart. You know how kind God is. He seemed to say in my heart, Dana, Dana, you believe you were saved. I said, oh yeah, I, I know I was saved. Well, preach what you believe, and then I will give you more to believe. So I got up that morning and I preached what I believed. The way it wasn't too much. But I knew I was saved by the precious blood of the Lamb. And I preached it, and some people got saved. But I still had a problem. So six months later, I was at a large conference. 
And this brother was speaking to Christians about evil spirits. And he said, now a Christian cannot be possessed of evil spirits. But he said, evil spirits can oppress you, can bring you into a shadow. And we must discern those evil spirits over your life and throw them away. So he said, now I want all of you to pray. And so I prayed along with many other people. Lord, is there some evil spirits oppressing me? And I saw some kind of vision. It was a round circle with a dove in it. And I, I wondered at this symbol. And suddenly, there in 1971, I knew what that symbol was. It was the symbol of my seminary. And two words popped into my head. Doubt, unbelief. And I said, I must be oppressed by these evil spirits of doubt and unbelief. And there on my knees is a young man. I prayed and said, Lord, I plead your precious blood over my life and I ask that you cast doubt and unbelief out of my life. And faith poured into my heart. I went back to my room at that conference and opened my Bible. It was a living book. And allowed myself for three and a half years to be influenced by these uh, by what I picked up at school. I went back to my room, opened the Bible, and I believe the whole Bible, even though I don't understand something. You see, we have to wrestle to stand in living faith. The enemy always wants to undermine our faith in God. But oh, what a blessing it is when you meet and fellowship with people who have living faith. Isn't it true? It makes, so, it makes you so strong. Fifty years ago, this week, I was in Korea as part of the Billy Graham Crusade. Franklin Graham just this week was in Seoul, Korea, and they filled the soccer stadium to celebrate that 50 years ago when Billy Graham's crusade came and thousands and thousands of Koreans were saved. Now, Billy Graham was in Seoul, the main city of South Korea. But some of his evangelists were in other cities in Korea, and I was in Busan with his evangelist Grady Wilson. Probably you don't know. Now it was a it was a wonderful time and God saved many people as I had chance to preach the gospel. 
But I'll never forget my dear brother who was translating for me. Here's a brother, Lee. Oh, Lee. <laughs> he was only about this tall. So we often preach the gospel telling the story of Goliath and David. He's a little brother, but he had much faith. So we were through, we were preaching in the schools, and he said, I want us to go visit somebody. Now he was a pastor of a church there in Busan. He says, there is a woman living in, in our area. She's very sick, typhoid fever. Typhoid fever, you know? Okay, all right. So he says, you and I will go preach gospel to her, pray for her, she'll be healed. Oh, he had great faith. I said, oh, oh. What's going to happen? But he didn't wait. He just walked, so I had to follow. So we walking to this person's house. And something spoke in my heart. When you're on God's business, you don't have to worry about Satan. He has to worry about you. We went into this house. She was all alone. Very dark and hot in this house. And she was very sick and sweating and uh, smelly. But we preached the gospel to her. And she accepted Jesus. And we laid hands on her. We prayed for God to heal her of typhoid fever. Well, I left the house, I said, Now we had a lot of busyness with the crusade for three more nights, so we went to the crusade meetings. But then on Saturday, we all got on buses to go up to Seoul for the big meeting on Sunday with Billy Graham. That was only then that I saw my little brother Lee. I said, Brother Lee, praise God, the guy gave me a big hug. I said, how about, this, how about the woman with typhoid fever? He said, what woman? That's a sister. And God completely healed her. She came to church yesterday, we baptized her. You know, when you're with somebody who's got great faith, so we thank God for people who have living faith. It helps us to fight the good fight. So Paul, of course, Timothy, you see, he traveled with Paul. Now guess who has great faith? Apostle Paul. And so Apostle Paul said, Okay, Timothy, there's a demon possessed man. Let's go pray for him. Timothy said, <laughs> But Timothy grew as a Christian because of this man Paul's great faith. Now, brothers and sisters, you and I need to act on what our heart tells us and grow in faith. What a good fight that is. If we have to say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, then let's say it. But if we are those who walk by faith, we begin to learn to overcome the devil and his tricks. 
Well, I just got to point one. There's three more points. I guess I'll be back. Let's be fighters. Good fighters. For faith. Hold that faith. Keep it. Guard it. Don't let Satan or the world or your friends steal that faith you have in Christ that's in your heart. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians was what? Lord, strengthen them by the Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. Let's pray. In faith we look up to thee, Lord. We know that you've saved us. We know that our faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We want faith that is built on the solid rock. Keep our hearts alive to your voice and give us grace to obey and walk by faith. We know that you have already won the victory. And so grant us that victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.